Hey, Jay Calloway here, Pastor of the Gate, and I want to welcome you to the Crowd Decor Weekly Podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, and a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. Well, hey, listen, we've been talking over the last several weeks about um, Believe It or Not, and we've been talking about the priority and the place and the position of our belief and realizing that our belief is not, uh, is not uh, uh, conditioned to what, to what, or what God said is not conditioned to our belief, but that God said it and then we have to enact it. Many years ago, we had that statement that would always say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And we've been talking about that. You know what? Our belief needs to be taken out of that because God said it, that settles it. We talked about the idea of the sacrifice, that where, do our belief, where is our belief? Our belief has to be in the place of sacrifice, that we believe in the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead. And when we react, enact that belief, then all that God has said will be within our life. But I want to talk to you today about something. That what, it, what does it mean to settle? Because you see, when those things happen, um, there's this settling idea. In fact, when God said it, that settles it. It, may, it sounds like there is something what of, a, of a contract or a covenant. That you might be out to dinner and somebody goes, well, we need to settle up the bill. Or you might be, you know, you may have uh, borrowed some money from a bank or you might have borrowed some money from a friend and they go, well, it's time to settle up. In other words, that idea is this, is there is a debt or there is an agreement between two people. The other day I was walking through a mall and I found and I saw this wall of freedom that was there and all through the wall down there they, they called it the wall or hall of freedom and it was just different documents that were up on the wall very nicely framed very nicely presented had flags all around it and when I went up to them there were several different documents one of them was the Mayflower Compact. Another one was the Declaration of Independence. Another one was the surrender uh, during World War II. And every one of them had some simple, basic things that caused these areas to be settled. Number one, there was two parties. Maybe it was nations. Or it was a, a king to, a, to another group of people like in the, in, in the Declaration of Independence. There were all of these areas, and, and, and can I just say that when we come into a, a realm of needing to settle, what we're saying is, is there's two authorities. And when we say that God said it, that settles it, it reminds me of going all the way back to when Jesus died on the cross. And he's sitting there, he's nailed on the cross, and he said many different things on the cross. In fact, there were seven different things that he said. One of them was, is you have a future. He looked at the, uh, he looked at the, uh, at the, uh, the thief on the cross that said, remember me? And he goes, today you will be with me in paradise. You have a future that is out of this world. Another one that he said is he looked at his mother and he looked at John and he says, behold your son, behold your mother, saying there's family here and that's important. They're all the way through life, we see that he says different things. And one of them, he said, is forgive them, Father. But there was one line that he said at the very end. At the very end, the very last thing he said was, it is 
finished. Now that word was a very unique word in the original language because when he said it, it was made in, 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 in present or in perfect tense. Meaning the perfect tense, meaning it was in past tense, it was in present tense, and it was in future tense. In other words, it says, it says there, it is finished for the past, it is finished for today, and it is finished for the future. In other words, can I just tell you that no matter where you're at, who you are, can I just tell you this, as a child of the Most High God, when you say in just a few moments, today I am a child of God, what you're saying is there, my past is finished, my today is finished, and my future is finished, that I know that God has everything under control. So I want you to say it with me like you mean it and believe it today. Today I am a child of God. I have faith to move mountains, favor from the King of Kings, and a future that is out of this world. My foundation is the Word of God. My walk is sure. My talk is confident. My attitude is like Christ. Today I will hear the Word of God. Today I will do the will of God. Today I will be convicted, challenged, and changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe it? Praise God. Turn to somebody next to you. Give them a high five. Say, I believe it for you too. Well, hey, listen, as we're talking about this, I want you to think about this, that in contracts or in covenants, in, in agreements between two people, agreements between nations, there's always an agreement that has to be settled up. I know that during times of war, whenever they have a declaration of peace, both parties have to sign and agree to all the things that cause peace. In times when, if you go back to when you bought your house or you bought your first car, or maybe you, um, you were getting your first job, there was always a moment in time when you sat down and got down to the, uh, what was required of, of each other. And the Bible is very clear on this, is that we find out that the debt that we owe, in fact, the Bible says for all have sinned in, in, in Romans, the third chapter, in verse uh, 23, it says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In other words, you and I both, we started out this thing in our spirit, in our life, in debt. Not just, not maybe debt in money or debt in health, but in debt into God in the spirit because all have sinned, all have come short. We're short, we come short up. And, and when it says there that we have this contract or this covenant, we find out in Romans, the sixth chapter in verse 23, it says there, for the wages of sin is death. In other words, there had to be a price. And in every settling up, there's always this price. There's always this one thing that happens. And you have to agree on that. Well, when God says something, that settles it. When God sets a standard, that settles it. And in that standard that he set, he set that standard that, that if there's sin in your life, there has to be a debt that's paid. There has to be, there, there has to be a death. There has to be that, that we sign on the dotted line. You see? But every contract must be settled. Every relationship must be settled. When two people come together in marriage, there is a covenant made. When two people come together and agree as, as handling things in a business situation, in a, in a company, it must be settled. 
I remember when I was a kid, they would always have these ideas of being a blood brother and you would, you know, you would prick your finger or you would cut your hand and they would do that. Or I can remember stories of in the Native Americans who would come and they would slice their hand or their wrist and they would tie together and they would be a blood, uh, blood brothers. There was always that covenant there or that contract. Or there would be a seal that was given by a king that would put the authority on there. You see, in all every single aspect of settling up a covenant, there was always that one, there, there was always one way to do it, whether it was by, by pricking the finger or cutting the wrist and putting blood, to seal it with blood. Or maybe it was a seal that was by a king. And a king would make a decree. And in those days, he would make the decree. And he would put a, a wax, a, a, a little pile or a little drop of wax onto the decree. Many, for many times, I thought that was just the coolest thing in the world. So I would, I would got this kind of wax. I went out and I thought, I wonder if they still have that. And so I went and found it. In fact, when my daughters were married, we sent out all of the invitations with this seal on it. And it was with our last, uh, the initial of our last name. And we put it on there. And we would find ourselves, we would, we would light the, light the wax we would, put this, we would put it down and, and then seal the envelope. And when people would see that, they would see our initial on there. And they would say, oh, so Jay and Vicky must, must be okay with this union. Jay and Vicky must be okay because, you see, when, when that seal was on there, there was an authority to that. And they said, oh, they must settle up. Everything must be okay. Then there was that time when we signed on the dotted line for our house. We took out the pen and we put our name down. Vicky signed. I signed. And what happened in that then is when the bank signed or the mortgage company signed or the people that we were buying the house from, they signed. We're saying we're in agreement. I believe that's what it means when Jesus said there, if any two of you agree as in touching any one thing, if any two of you agree together in a blood covenant, if any two of you agree in a, in a, in a seal, if any two of you agree as putting your name down there. But can I just tell you something? Jesus didn't decide which one he was going to do. He didn't decide, okay, this is going to be my blood and I'm going to do that. Or he didn't sign on, say, this is going to be the seal. Or he didn't sign, say, well, this is going to be my name. I'm going to put it down. He did all three. The Bible says in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, that he was pierced for our transgressions. The Bible says in Romans that there is a seal of the Holy Spirit on us. And the Bible says there that he has put his name down and it is the name higher than any other name. And he put his mark on us and he gave us a new name. And that name is written down, but that name is always under the name of Jesus. That at that name, every knee will bow. At that name, every tongue will confess. And at that name, every healing will come. That Jesus Christ is the Lord. He's above all. But what did that mean? Well, when he shed his blood, he says that that was the covering, that was the settling for all of our transgressions. 
That was the settling for our iniquities. That was the settling for our well-being. You see, when that blood was shed, it says there in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, it says there that He was pierced for our transgressions. He was pierced for that. That meant our guilt. Or, excuse me, that meant our, that, that meant our rebellion. Have you ever just gotten frustrated and you got so upset, you're going, fine, if they're going, to, if, they're, if they're going to accuse me of it, then I'm going to do it. And you just kind of rebel. Maybe you rebelled against your parents when you were younger. Maybe you're rebelling against your, the Spirit of God in your life right now. Maybe there's this rebellion, that transgression, that, that place that says there that, it, that, that you're against what God wants. You know, last week we talked about that on how, how Paul was fighting against it and he was pushing against there. You see, God, Jesus Christ shedding his blood, he shed his blood and he goes, that settled it. When he said, it is finished, I want you to know that all the things that you're rebelling against, all the transgressions, all the sin, everything, you, you might be sitting back there going, Jay, you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't know what I've done. There's no way God can forgive me. Can I tell you, it's not about him forgiving you. He's already forgave you. It's not about him doing it now. It's already been done. Remember, it is finished. The blood has already been shed. The seal has already been made. And the name has already been put down. It is the name above every name. It is the seal of the Holy Spirit. You see, when he says that, he goes, it's already done. The punishment has already been laid. That punishment was laid on Jesus. The offering was laid on Jesus because there was a debt to be paid for your sin. There was a debt to be paid for your transgression. There was a punishment. That guilt was all there. It says there, there is therefore now no condemnation, no guilt for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, then there's no guilt on you. He says there's none of that. There's just conviction. You see, when that began to happen, he says there that he was bruised for our iniquity. That iniquity is just the depravity, the, the, the not enough. That we were already, we were already die, we've, we already started out in debt. We already started out behind the eight ball in all of this simply because the sin that came for our fathers and our forefathers, the sin that came from Adam when he did, when he put it there and that was a sin that would go on for generation, but you can break it through the blood of Jesus Christ. He says, I've settled it. There is no more that needs to be done. You don't have to walk in condemnation. You don't have to walk in depression. You don't have to walk in discouragement, in disease, or anything of that nature. You have been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. When he said it is finished, it was finished for all. But there was another thing that happened when it says there about his blood. It says there that he was pierced and he was bruised. But it says, and the chastisement of our well-being was on him. What does that mean? Where, where, where did that come from? What, what is going on with that? It literally meant the discipline. It literally meant the correction. In other words, we were learning through this. We saw his, it says there, every time we take communion, we're to remember his death. Why? Because we're remembering what it takes, what happens 
When someone dies in sin, it remembers what it happens. And he says there that I want you to admonish. I want you to instruct. Jesus said at the very end of his life, he goes, everything that you've seen me do, I want you to do. That was after he died. It says there that we are a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him. That we are to lay our lives down as a living sacrifice. It says there, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. When it says there that the chastisement or the instruction of our well-being was upon him as he laid on the cross all the way through the new testament we are told after that that we are to be a living sacrifice for him that we are we are crucified with him but we still live and we walk on i am crucified with christ nevertheless i live yet not i but christ lives in me and the life that i live i live by the faith and the son of god You see, what we need to understand is that that price that was paid by that blood that was shed on that cross, by that that, that spear that was thrust through his side by that crown of thorns, was the price that was paid so that we might live, that we might be the living sacrifice, that we would be going holy and acceptable because he says your well-being was laid on him. The chastisement, the teaching, the instruction, the discipline, the rod was laid on him so that we may use it, learn that. There's a, there, there's a statement that says out there that, that there's, there's a school of hard knocks. And I've always been one that kind of attended the school of hard knocks. But I learned a long time ago that I can learn from somebody else's hard knocks. I can learn from somebody else's failures. I can learn from somebody else's discipline. I can watch that. When my, when my kids were young, I remember, well, now that they're older, they tell a story of when they were young. And my daughter, Brittany, um, was always, we would always kind of go at each other. And he, she would, I would, whenever we would, I would try to discipline her or anything else. She's a strong child. And she would go, but dad, but dad, but dad, but dad. And, but Tori just kind of sat back. And Tori would always tell the story now. It says, you know, there are many times when I wanted to say something, but I learned my lesson from my, from, I learned a lesson from Nate and Brittany. I learned what, it, what, what would happen if I acted out like this. I learned what would happen if I did this. I learned what would happen if I said this. If I went there, if I broke that rule, I learned what would happen according to what Nate had already done. In other words, what she's saying is, is, I went to the school of hard knocks, but I went to the school of Nathan hard knocks. I went to the school of Brittany hard knocks. And what Jesus is telling us here today in this passage of scripture is that when it says his chastisement, it was his, his, the instruction. We could look to how Jesus lived. We could look to what he went through. And he says there, I want you to learn from me. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Learn from me. You can understand from me. He says there to Paul in Timothy, he says, learn everything that you've seen me do, you do. And then go find somebody to teach to other people all the things that I have taught you. In other words, this is a good time of instruction. This is what it meant when he laid his life down. That's what it means when it says God said it, that settles it. We're settled up. We can learn from others. We don't have to fall into the trap of our fathers. We don't have to fall into the pit of, the, uh, of what our moms went through in the previous generation. We can learn from that and walk and be on shoulders higher. 
Can I tell you, I hope that my children will stand on my shoulders and go further on. Because there's things that I had to fight through from my parents and from the past and from the different areas. And I've learned from those things. And, I, and there was days where I had to be disciplined in those areas. And I tell my children all the time, you don't have to follow in my footsteps and learn from it. I've seen parents many times where they say, oh, I don't want to tell the, my kids of the faults or the failures or the mistakes I've made because they may fall into it too. No, you need to tell them. You need to be transparent with them and walk with them through that saying, he said, you know, you might say, hey, listen, I had an anger problem and I put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. I put it under that, 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 that price that he paid, that blood that he paid. I put it under that so you don't have to fight with that. I had an addiction problem. I had, I, I had a, a, a sexual perverted problem, whatever it might be. You might have a lying problem or whatever the case, wherever it is. And you might look at your children. You might look at around you and say, I used to have that, but I want you to learn a lesson from me. I had to walk through it because of my past, but you don't have to. You could learn from my hard knocks. You see, the Bible says there that not only... Did, was a contract or a covenant settled through blood, but it is also settled by the seal. And I thought it was, I, I loved how that picture of the seal that came down and it had, it had to be lit by fire. And can I tell you, the Holy Spirit comes in in fire and He lights you up and He makes you soft and He makes you pliable that you can drop down, that your seal can be on there. And the Bible says in Romans, the fourth chapter in verse 11, that there is a seal that we have on us. There in Hebrews, the 13th chapter in verse 18, says that there is a seal on us, that He sealed us with an eternal covenant it through his blood and then he says in Ephesians the first chapter and verse 13 is that that he sealed us with a mark of the Holy Spirit my friend can I tell you you've got the Holy Spirit in you you are filled with the Spirit of God and that spirit is a spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that spirit is the spirit that turned water into wine that spirit is the spirit that closed the lion's mouth that spirit is the spirit that said let there be light there is a that spirit comes through and comes into us and it makes us invincible it makes us inevitable it makes us in the place where the all hell can come against you but it will not defeat you because there's one last thing that happened and that is is that there was a name put on this covenant and it is the name of Jesus it is the highest name above all other names when that name is is brought out that name will cause demons to flee it will cause hell to shake it will cause heaven to rejoice and it will cause you to be called up into the into the heaven at that last day you see Jesus paid the price and by his blood by the spe by the seal of the spirit and by the by, by the writing of his name by his name being put down all three he sealed this and it's god said it that settles it it's done but it takes two to agree it says there if any two of you or three of you agree is touching any one thing it shall be done in any covenant, in any contract, there has to be agreement. Any covenant, any contract, there has to be a price. It's blood, the seal of an authority of a king, or the name that is above all names. In my house, 
the name Callaway carries the authority. In my sphere, the name Callaway, the name, the, the, that name holds authority. I was able to sign that and I said, I'm good for that bill. I'm good for this. Jesus, when he put his name down on that, in that name above every name, he says, I'm good for it. You can take that to the bank. But it still takes two. Jesus, God said it, that settles it, and you have to agree. And I want to challenge you today. Are you sitting there and you're saying, you know what, I'm filled with so much doubt. I'm filled with so much depression, discouragement. I'm filled with all these empty. Or maybe you might sit there going, Jay, I'm not filled at all. I, don't, I feel so empty in all of these things. I feel completely and totally empty. And what God says to you is this. Well, then just agree with me. You're filled. Just agree with me. There's a passage of scripture that says there, whose report are we going to believe? Are you going to believe God's report? Or are you going to believe the report of the world? Are you going to believe God's report? Or are you going to believe the report that you've been told all along? Because that report says I am filled. That report says I am healed. That report says I am completely turned around and I'm put on solid ground. And if that's you today, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Before you do, just spit, I want you just to put in that, uh, in that chat box right there, say, I, am, uh, I, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. It's settled, it's settled. Whichever one, he goes, I agree, I agree, or it's settled, it's settled. And as you say that, there's going to be an alignment, an agreement between you and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you, it will be settled for your life. And your debt will be paid in full. Because it's already done. You just have to agree with it. That's it. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for giving, for, for giving your blood, sealing my heart, and putting your name on me. I ask now that you would come into my life. I believe, I confess, I declare, and I proclaim that you are the Son of God and that God raised you from the dead. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, we believe with all of our hearts that God, that, that you are born again, that it is settled in your life, your debt has been paid, everything is taken care of because you agree with what God has already done. And we want to pray with you and we want to believe with you, we want to walk with you. We so are excited that you are now a child of the Most High God. Maybe you prayed that prayer and it was just a, a reconnection and it was just a reconfirmation of what you already are living. And we're so excited about that. Hey, just stretch your hand out to me. Just stretch your hand out toward me and I want to just bless you today. I bless you in your families, your finances, and your friendships. I bless you in your families that your marriages would be lighthouses in your neighborhood and all that are around you and that your children will be blessed to the thousandth generation. I bless you now in your, in your finances, that you're, you would have more than enough to pay your bills, pay them on time, and that as you are faithful in biblical stewardship, you would be generous beyond measure. I bless you now in your friendships, that you would be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, that you would be uh, an influencer in this world and not be influenced by it. I bless you now. Now go and be a blessing in Jesus' name. Have a great, great day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Crowd Decor podcast. We believe this message has inspired you, convicted and challenged and changed you in Jesus' name. 
And we invite you to partner with us as we reach out and continue to reach out with the message of moving from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all of those around you and around the world. And we ask that you visit thegateonline.net slash giving to be a part of this incredible outreach to reaching those for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And may you have a great, great day.